Welcome to episode 20 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today we are connecting with Cassandra Reinhardt from Yoga with Cassandra, a leading online yin yoga teacher with over 70,000 YouTube subscribers and 5 million views. Carly and I get to deep dive into Cassandra's backstory and learn all about how she ditched the rule book and defined her own version of success, leading to creating a prosperous online yoga platform with integrity. Trust us, tribe. This conversation is worth a well-intentioned listen if you were on the path to defining your version of success and your version of destiny. But before we get started, let's talk about our review of the week, our community members who shout us out and show us some love. This week's review comes from Lexi. She says, raw and honest talk. These women talk about everything from female empowerment to self-care to actionable items for goal setting to politics, and they get it. Fearless, fun, and feminine. It's a super smart podcast with lots of interesting insight from two great gals. So listen up. Lexi, thank you so much for supporting our movement and showing us some love. If you want to be the review of the week next week, head on over to iTunes, shout us out some love, and we will read your review over the airwaves. Always remember, you can find all of the tools, show notes, resources, blog posts over at truthanddaremovement.com. Now let's dive into this incredible conversation. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, Tribe, welcome back. We are super excited. As Ali mentioned, we are here with Cassandra from Yoga with Cassandra, but we want to stick to our routine here at TAD and get down to the nitty gritty real quick and talk about our slug in the honey. Yeah, so I'm just going to kick it off. Um, My slug in the honey right now is that I just have a serious problem saying no, and it gets me in trouble. And any of my good friends will attest to this. I've been working on it for years. I feel like I'll say yes to a million things. And then the time comes to actually do those things. And I've overextended myself. And then I end up letting people down. And I hate doing that. And I just did it to a good friend. And it's never a good feeling. And so I'm working on saying no and maybe make this the year of no instead of the year of yes? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think saying no is definitely a positive when you flex the no muscle accordingly. So cheers to you, babe. Um, Current honey, Allie over here, is that I am going on a weekend sailing trip with husband and friend, and I have never actually sailed overnight. Um, we have just purchased a sailboat to go sailing for a few years. So crossing my fingers that this weekend long sailing trip, it's about a four hour sail to our destination. And then we'll just be putting the anchor down and it's a little island off the coast of Florida. Uh, we'll just be swimming and snorkeling and lounging and relaxing. I'm really crossing my fingers that I enjoy the experience. Otherwise, does anyone want to buy a boat? I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, Cassandra, tell us what's going on in your life. What's your current challenge slug in the honey? <laughs> um, you know what? For me, honestly, right now, I am wrestling with a pretty severe sugar addiction. <laughs> and I don't know what to do about it because I know I should quit it, but I'm I keep hoping there's like this third option or this other option that I haven't thought of that allows me to continue eating as much sugar as I want <laughs> without actually being addicted to it. But um, yeah, it, that kind of snuck up on me because I never was the kind of person who enjoyed sweets. Like I, I would eat a tiny, tiny, tiny little piece of chocolate and I would feel like it's too sweet and I couldn't handle it. I just did not like it. And I don't know how, but it snuck up on me and now it's like, nine cookies later. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? 
Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Um, if you figure out how to crack that code and still are able to eat a ton of sugar, let me know. <laughs> I will. I will. And I'm over here like, let me know if you know how to crack the salt addiction because I want to eat every crunchy on the planet, all types of salty crunchies all the time. No sweets ever. Um, that's the place to be though. Salt is so good. So really what I'm doing now is I'm trying to replace my sugar cravings, which is salty snacks. Cause you know, that's, that's better, right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, um, thank you so much for sharing that. And for those of you who don't know who yoga with Cassandra is, you can find a lot about her over on our episode post where the show notes are listed, but to take it back about how we met, um, if you listened to last week's podcast, episode 19, about collaboration, this is the perfect example of what we were trying to convey to all of you listeners that um, when you find someone who inspires you and they're on your same level field, or at least within your realm of work, reach out to them. And that's exactly what I did with Cassandra. What was it like a year ago, babe, that I messaged you? I think so, because we were both featured in some article or other, and then you found me through that article, through that blog post. And yeah, I think it's maybe a year ago, maybe a little bit over, but um, yeah, I'm really glad you made that leap and reached out to me, and it was a great collaboration. Yeah, and even though we haven't actually physically collaborated on a product <laughs> yet, it doesn't matter because... I looked at her online offerings. She has a mega following on YouTube, over 70,000 yogis following her. But also she's got all these online packages and teachings. And I was bewildered and also inspired. And I will say intimidated when I first uh, happened upon you. And instead of, uh, I think, like falling into the comparison trap and feeling jealous, I simply was like, hey, I'm just going to message this girl and start asking her some questions and maybe we can share um, our own knowledge of what's working in our own businesses and just kind of like bounce shit off each other whenever we need to and if we need to. And that's really how our relationship blossomed. And now um, Cassandra and Carly get to meet over the airwaves here for this <laughs> interview. So. Yeah, it is really awesome. Um, you know, like it is kind of triggering sometimes when you're reaching out to someone who's within the same realm as you maybe doing better in some ways or not as good in other ways, but it's, it's triggering for both parties because we want to avoid that comparison trap, but it's, you know, it's human nature every now and then it's like, Oh my God, how is she doing so much better than I'm doing? But it's wonderful that we have, um, such an open line of communication where we can just be honest about like the struggles that we're going through and everything that's going well for us, what's, what is working, what's not working. And there's no expectation. There's no shadiness. There's no competition or, um, there's no ulterior motive, you know? So hopefully to get one day we'll be able to collaborate on, on an actual project. But for now it's honestly like Ali, it's just been really great to be able to connect with you every now and then just be like, what's going on in your world, you know, and to just be able to have those authentic communications and conversations with each other. Word. Totally agree, girlfriend. So let's dive straight into your backstory. Um, give us some details about you becoming a yoga teacher, what inspired you to become a yoga teacher. And then if you can segue into how you created your online yoga platform with YouTube, which like I said, has over 70,000 freaking yogis um, mm -hmm. involved. So give us the goods on how all of that unfolded. Yeah. So I am living in Ottawa, Canada. This is where I grew up and was raised. And since I was started ballet at about three years old. So since I was a little girl, I was always involved in dance, ballet, all that kind of stuff. And I loved it and still love it with all my heart, but I was getting injured quite a bit, which is fairly common to anyone who's ever been a dancer before. Your knees, your hips, just the joints in general kind of take a big hit sometimes. Um, so I decided to take my first yoga class because I was looking to get a little stronger, a little bit more flexible. And I figured it would be a great way to complement my dance classes and make me just a better all around dancer. And as I found yoga, I actually ended up transitioning completely out of dance for a while and into yoga because 
dance is a beautiful, beautiful art form, but it was not necessarily the healthiest thing for me at the time. The dance mentality is very much about be better than everyone else in the room be perfect. You know, there was these big unrealistic standards. And finally I was on a yoga mat where everyone's saying, actually, it doesn't matter what you look like. There's no point. There's no end goal. It's all about the journey, not the destination. So that was really a message I needed to hear at the time. Um, so I ended up taking a little bit of a break from dance and for the next couple of years, just got really deep into my yoga practice. I found a yoga teacher I really connected with and she really uh, opened my eyes to this yoga practice. And I knew that if I ever decided to become a teacher, I would want to learn from her. And the opportunity just presented itself. She opened up a teacher training. So I just took that as a sign and I signed on and, you know, not to brag or anything, but teaching was something that came very natural to me. So I knew it was something that I needed to do more of. So as soon as I graduated from my 200 hour teacher training, I was, you know, very naive. This was maybe seven years ago or something like that. I was kind of naive. I was like, okay, great. I graduated. I'm ready. Now I am going to go teach at all the best and hottest studios in town And, you know, I'm ready, hire me basically. And I ran into the problem that a lot, a lot, a lot of new yoga teachers face where, okay, you graduated, you're ready to teach, but no one wants to hire you because you don't have experience and you can only get experience if someone hires you. So it was this really frustrating chicken or the egg situation where I wasn't able to get many teaching jobs. And the ones that I ended up getting were not the ones that I had ideally wanted, but you know, uh, you put in the grind and you hustle. So I just started teaching a little bit on the side and working my way up. But I was really frustrated because I knew that at the end of the day, I have more to offer. I really wanted to reach people from all over the world. You know, I really wanted to make a big impact and I felt very limited in what I was able to do just in my local community. So after teaching for a couple, couple years, maybe just a year and a half or so, I finally mustered the courage to film my first ever yoga video, which was filmed with my cell phone that I propped on two blocks and I used scotch tape to hold it in place. It was in my little yoga room. Anyway, it was, it was really like, it was not glamorous whatsoever. And my phone could only record for 10 minutes at a time. So I had to run back and forth to the phone and press record again. Anyway, it was, it was total garbage <laughs> looking back, but I did it. So I put up my first YouTube yoga class ever and And I was terrified. And actually, when I put up that first yoga class, I didn't tell anyone for a little while because I was really, you know, today I'm pretty confident and I have this attitude of like, I I genuinely don't care what other people think about me because what other people think about me is none of my business, really. It's up to them. They can make up their own minds about me. But I definitely was not like that before. And I was so scared of what other people would say and what the feedback would be. And it was a good lesson because I realized that, you know what? People don't think about you as much as you think about yourself. Like no one really cared. And that was a good thing, you know? So I got more and more confidence and I started putting more and more videos and it slowly but surely picked up. And I started really early on realizing the potential of what the online sphere, online space could offer. So I knew I wanted to branch out into that world. So very early on, six months into my YouTube channel, I started selling some online courses and packages that I had put together. Um, And it just grew and grew and grew. And I was working full time for the city of Ottawa, um, for municipal government here, had a wonderful, great job, you know, the kind of job that people dream of. I had a fantastic team. Everyone at work was so, so, so supportive of this work, this little side hustle that I was doing. And, you know, Yoga with Cassandra kind of took me by surprise because it took off a lot faster than I thought it would. But I was working insane hours. You know, I was working like 18 hours, 17 hours a day because I had to work full time. And then I would go and do basically another full day's work at home. And I was doing that seven days a week. So it wasn't sustainable. So finally, my work being amazing as they are. They let me go to a four-day work week um, about a year and a half into my Yoga with Cassandra YouTube channel uh, starting and growing. So finally, I had one day a week that I was able to dedicate to this and it helped a lot. 
But then finally, you know, you just get to that milestone where you need to make a decision because it's, it's just not possible to have two huge careers like this going at the same time. And it was getting harder and harder for me to be a good employee for the municipal government because I would go to work and just be so angry when I was sitting at my desk. Even though I love the work I did, I love my coworkers. It was so frustrating because I was like, these are my prime hours. There's so much I could be doing right now, yet I'm you know, answering emails or doing work that I just legitimately don't care about. So finally in October, just this past October, 2016, I took the plunge, I quit and I should have done it a long time ago. So since October, almost a full year now, I've been running yoga with Cassandra full time. And it's really, my only regret is that I didn't leave it sooner because it's just, it's the best thing I've ever done for sure. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much where I am now, almost a year running this, running this, what used to be a side hustle, like you call it full time now. Wow, that is an incredible story. And I think something that so many of our listeners can relate to, particularly when you talk about, you know, feeling like you were frustrated and like you had these larger than life goals and dreams and you knew that you were called to something bigger when you took that plunge to tape your cell phone to a block and record your first Mm -hmm. um, video. But I think it's true. And I think so many of uh, the people in the Truth and Dare community and Allie and I too, um, we all share that burning sensation deep down where we feel called to do something greater and encouraging people to take that leap of faith is really cool. But I'm wondering, um, when you left that nine to five, which congratulations, by the way, way to break free. (laughs) Thank you. Um, What were some of the challenges that you faced in becoming your own boss? Did you feel like you had good control of your time? Was it a hard adjustment to go from, um, you know, part-time to full-time yoga with Cassandra business owner? And how did that evolve for you from last year till now? You know, I can't say that it was that hard because it was really it was the time, you know, the time was right. The work at the city where I was, everything was changing. So my coworkers were moving away. Everyone was in a period of transition. So I really do believe that I left at the perfect time. So my transition to working for myself was fairly seamless. However, one thing was that, you know, when you're thinking about like leaving the nine to five and having this freedom lifestyle, the appeal is tied in with that freedom, right? I can work from anywhere in the world. I can set my own hours. The rules don't apply basically. So you get really, really excited. And one thing that I had not considered was that while my partner, my boyfriend of six years now, he is still working in nine to five. And that's really something that I did not I don't know. It's like it didn't click in my head. But the truth is, if you live with someone that is still in the nine to five, even though I am living, you know, kind of this freedom lifestyle, I'm not really because I am still fairly tied to the nine to five world in the sense that he can't uh, just up and leave and work on his own hours like I can. So I'm very much still looking forward to the weekend because then the weekend is where we get to spend our time together and looking forward to the evenings because that's when we can spend our time together. So for me, that's been the biggest challenge is just that I didn't realize that, well, both of us really will need to be living this freedom lifestyle for us to truly have what this kind of work and career and life, this dream that I had when you are in a partnership in a marriage, whatever that partnership is, it's very hard when it's only one person doing it. So that's what I've been struggling with. However, because yoga with Cassandra is growing so, 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 so fast and so much, and there is never not enough work to go around. You know, there's always more work to be done. He, um, Anthony, my partner, he's slowly, but surely, um, kind of jumping in on the yoga with Cassandra bandwagon. And we are very much working towards hiring him out of his nine to five jobs so that we can both be living this lifestyle. But I think for me, that was the, that was the biggest wake up call and the biggest challenge that I just didn't even think about beforehand. That's exactly what Myers and I are going through as well, because Mm. same thing. Like I realized that, yes, it's great. I get to do my own thing, but here's my husband working like 60, 70 hours a week 
that's like really brain intensive work through his engineering his engineering firm. And that's when I started this whole idea of like, we have to leave and go sailing. We have to do something out of the box. I have to get you out of your, you know, and Myers really loves his career, but I was like, I have to get you out of your environment completely. Mm. And how can I, Allie, create an online platform that supports both of us, you know? Yes. And so like two years ago and I was like, we're going sailing. I was like, oh shit, now I need to figure out how to make like some serious moolah because I want the <laughs> hubby to leave too. And I think you're totally right in that you, freedom is this huge appeal and then you might have a partner or any, you know, a lot of different things could come into play here. Even if you don't have a partner, you could be really close to your family members or friends or tied to like a brick and mortar place more so that you decide to own and not do an online thing. So it's definitely something to consider um, as you're working towards a more freedom lifestyle. And then one more thing I want to touch on about your story and really reflect on for our listeners is you kind of like breezed by it, but I know that in the thick of it, in the day-to-day of you creating your online channel and going online and even becoming a a yoga teacher in studio in your community, how tough it is. And I think sometimes we forget how challenging it was, even if you were really great at teaching. I remember going in for my first in-studio teachings and also setting up my first video camera session and running back and forth because I I actually got 20 Mm. minutes of time on my camera, which was pretty good. But um, I remember all of those moments too. And I know Carly's going through them right now, just getting online with me with this podcast. And I think the the silver lining, the thread here to all our listeners is it's about showing up and doing the work with what you have currently in your life for whatever your goals and dreams and desires are and not allowing yourself to fall into the comparison trap and looking at people that are journeys ahead of you and just focusing on what you can do right here in this moment today to work on yourself. And um, I know that you had a lot of that and I had a lot of that and Carly has a lot of that and our listeners have a lot of that. So um, if there's anything else you want to say about that little tidbit for our listeners, feel free. Um, I don't know if you have any other like little bursts of inspiration for us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been running my online yoga business for a little bit over three years now. So it was the three-year mark mark in April. And I count that from like, you know, it was like April 4th, the first time I put a YouTube video out there basically. But the longer I've been doing this, the more I realize that basically it's, it's a balance of one, no one actually really knows what they're doing. (laughs) And two, there are a million different ways to do the same thing. So when I was first getting started with everything, you know, let's say for example, you want to learn how to, um, grow your YouTube channel. For example, you decide that you want to go on YouTube and you want to grow your YouTube channel. So you hop on Google and you type that in and you see all these experts who are saying, do this, do that, do this, do that. And then you get completely overwhelmed because you realize that one, I don't have this knowledge. I don't know what I'm doing. And then it gives you this like fraud feeling where you're like, you know what? I don't belong in this space. I'm not part of these people. I don't even understand the words that they're using in this freaking blog post. Like, so one, it makes you feel totally alienated. Like you don't belong and it makes you want to give up basically all the time. But then the more that I kept at it and just kind of stopped looking at what other people doing and kind of stopped also taking their advice and other people's advice and just doing it myself, I realized that all these different techniques that people were teaching. So one person had this approach, the other person had this approach, you know, how to get your first 10,000 subscribers on your mailing list, how to get your first thousand subscribers on YouTube, whatever it may be, everyone was giving different suggestions and a different approach. And what I've learned is that they are all correct. So it's not about looking at one person and deciding to copy how they did it step by step. And if you go away from their model, then you are going to fail. It's just, this is how they did it. But that's just that's just how they did it. That doesn't have to be the be and be all end all, you know? And that's why networking with other people is so important. Like 
for example, you and me, Ali, although we both have online yoga businesses, they look quite different, you know? And when we first started to talk, I was like, oh my goodness, like I don't have a big blog like this. Like blogging was not at all something that I was um, doing at the time and really still isn't. But I thought, oh my goodness. So if I want to be successful, then I must have a blog because that's what she's doing. And she's what I think is success looks like basically. But it's like the longer you're playing this game, the more you realize that, no, there are as many different paths that you can take as there are people in the world. So this is just, you know, how Ali did it. This is how me, Cassandra, how I did it. But it doesn't mean that this is what you, the listener, need to do step by step. These are really just guidelines for inspiration, you know, take it or leave it. And the the earlier or as soon as I kind of just dropped that expectation of, wanting to copy other people or wanting to follow what they think are the 10 steps to achieving success. This, the minute I was able to just drop that and stop looking at them, that's when I started to feel really good about the work that I was doing. And it just is so much resistance just kind of melted away from that because I was like, you know what? No one actually knows what they're doing. Their version of success is just their own personal story and experience. It happened to be successful, but it doesn't mean that it would be successful for me. So what's the point of even, you know, diving so deeply into that? Just do what feels good and realize that everyone's kind of winging it on some, (laughs) in a way or another, you know? That is such good advice for anybody, anywhere. I think that it's so beautiful and important to collaborate and to gain inspiration from other people. But sometimes when we fall into that comparison trap or uh, sort of like we need to copy what someone else is doing and we take the inspiration almost too far, we almost sort of dim our own creative energy because we think that we have to copy XYZ from this person because they're doing it right when really we may have this beautiful, inspiring idea in our minds that we silence because we believe that we're wrong. So it's such a good reminder to tap into that creative energy that lives inside of you and to know that you are just as capable as anybody else out there to accomplish the same things. Yeah, amen over here. I'm like throwing my hands, nodding my head. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So let's segue now. You have created a community within your community, the Lunar Yoga Community. How many times can I say community? But um, I want (laughs) to touch on (laughs) community. I want to start talking about this because I think there's a lot to unpack and Carly and I are super interested in it. So tell us how this idea manifested, give our listeners the backstory, another backstory, and um, kind of give us the beginnings of how, because I remember seeing you on YouTube doing moon classes and live journal right. sessions and meditations before you made it into a program. So take us back to what fueled those first experiences and moments that you were sharing with your community. Right. So Lunar Yoga is my online community. It's for women only. And we basically follow the lunar phases of the moon and we merge it with the yoga practice. So on the new moon, we have a special yoga practice. The full moon, we have a different kind of practice and we have a different theme that we work with, with each new moon. And, you know, I can get into that later, but really all it was, um, it was pretty selfish to be honest because I created Lunar Yoga because it was something that I wanted to do and I wanted to participate in and I couldn't find it online. So originally this was not something that I wanted to take the lead on and wanted to create. I was really just hoping to nurture and support myself because, you know, as you ladies can probably attest to, when you're in this career where you're creating all the time, producing all the time, giving, 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 every now and then you just need to be like, okay, you know what? Like I want to turn my teacher brain off and I just want to be a student and learn. So to be honest, that's what I was looking for initially to begin with. And the more I looked into it, the more I found that, you know what, this vision that I have, what I am looking for doesn't exist. So at some point I need to stop um, kind of playing the victim card here and hoping that someone else is going to be able to, um, I don't know, meet my needs and meet my expectations. And I need to just put my big girl panties on and do it myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I started testing the waters because I knew that I... I had been following these teachers, teachers that I think are really influential that I looked up 
look up to Sienna Sherman. I'm doing my 300 hour teacher training with her right now. And Ashley Turner, they're really big on this kind of moon connection, but I just, I needed something more. So I started testing the waters and just inviting people on my YouTube channel. We were doing these like live new moon meditations and yoga classes and these kinds of things. And I started just putting out, I put out a full moon and a new moon yoga practice on my channel just to see what would the feedback be from students. And the feedback was amazing, you know? So I really understood that I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only woman out there who wants to have this kind of connection because at the end of the day, I was not looking for a yoga program. I was looking for a personal development program that used yoga as one of its tools for that. You know, yoga is just one of the things that we do in lunar yoga that help us connect to our divine feminine nature, to our intuition. Um, that helps us work with these themes that we, you know, really dive deep into with every new moon that begins. So meditation is another tool. Journaling is another tool that I love reading some great literature. We have a monthly book club. So I just decided, you know what, it's time for me to go with my gut and put this together. So I opened in January. So just this January that passed and I was kind of blown away by the, demand. I I mean, I'm still wanting to keep this group fairly small. I don't want it to become so big that women in the community feel like they might not be able to have their voice heard, but I was really blown away by just the fact that it's not just me who's craving this. You know, there are other women from all over the world who want to get a little bit deeper into their feminine nature. They want to connect with other like-minded women from all over the world. And the common thread seemed to be that we want to practice yoga, but we don't want asana and the physical pose to be the main focus of the practice. It's deeper. It's how can we use our yoga practice to get in touch with our hearts and the way that we deal with painful emotions. You know, it's using yoga for shadow work, which is something I'm super interested in. So basically that's how it's happened. Um, So we're in July now. So it's been running for, it's on the seventh month and it's the best thing I have ever created hands down. You know, I love my YouTube channel. I love everything that I'm doing, but lunar yoga is really this is my calling and this is where I want to be spending most of my energy going forward because it's just the transformations that have happened from the women within that group, you know, the things that I've been able to witness for myself and for the women in the group has just been really, really mind blowing. So I know that there's more magic to be made there and I want to keep it going really for as long as I can. So that's, that's basically just how it started. (laughs) Wow. I think that Ali and I can attest to that feeling that there is definitely um, a call to a lot of women right now to go deeper, to rise to a higher calling and to tap into maybe a power that they didn't know what that was in them before. So I think you rising up to that and answering that call, it's a really beautiful thing. And I'm wondering, personally, how did you start tapping into the power of moon cycles? What made you feel like this was something that you needed to share? Did you just know that full moons were cool. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I just, I'm like, oh, it's a full moon. I guess I should journal. But I guess I want to know what what experience happened with you personally. And then also, how did you start to gain knowledge and experience on this topic? Because I am so intimidated by all the information about the moon. And I feel like you can't really teach it unless you really know it, which is probably just me getting in my own way. But I'm just interested in how that unfolded for you. Okay. Yes. A lot to unpack. I would say yes. You, I mean, no, you definitely don't need to know everything to be able to teach it. Definitely not. Um, I got started into it very similar to you. You know, I think for me, I was actually like a, a Gaia member, a subscription member and Ashley Turner, who's a teacher that I love and admire had a new moon and a full moon practice on that platform. So I gave it a try and I really liked it. And that was probably, I think my first, you know, if I can trace it back, I think that was my first introduction to aligning my yoga practice with the moon cycle. But really at the beginning, all it was, was 
me letting myself have two days out of the month that I could carve out and set a few hours by myself to just tune everyone and everything else out, get on my mat, get my journal out and just do a little check in. So honestly, that is all that it was for me. Um, and that's all it is for many women in lunar yoga. And I think that's great because just being able to have those two milestones every month, the new moon and the full moon to just check in and see how has this month been going? What am I going through right now? How do I feel in my body? How is this reflected in my yoga practice? That's extremely powerful. So it kind of just started off that way for me. I would go to these full moon classes and really enjoy it. But then I got a little bit more curious and I wanted to learn more about it. And I found, I found it hard to get that information. I did read a couple books like my moon time. I am, I feel bad, but right now I am completely blanking out, blanking out on that author's name, but I can look it up after. Um, but I read about it a little bit more. And I mean, as with anything, some people take it very far, you know, they go way down the rabbit hole. I try to keep lunar yoga a bit more surface level because I don't want to lose anyone in the details. But the other big shift that happened for me was when I learned that before, back in the day, many women's menstrual cycles were actually in line with the lunar cycle. So most women before technology, before um, so much medication, just when we were, you know, living more in tune with nature, I guess. Um, women would naturally bleed on the new moon usually, and they would be ovulating over the full moon. And the concept of the red tent was something that I was really attracted to. So this red tent is just the concept that like before women would gather on the time of the new moon, um, and sometimes in the time of the full moon, and they would all kind of bleed together. And this was a time of sharing their experience and connecting and digging a little deeper. So when I figured out that, oh, wow, like that would be really cool if I, I could actually get my periods to line up with the moon cycle. And that's all. The only reason I wanted to do that was because I was like, it would be cool. You know, like it really did not go much deeper. There was no like huge spiritual revelation for me yet. I was really like, wow, that would be really cool if I could try to align those. So for a couple months, that's what I did. There's this technique called lunaception. Um, where you sleep only in pitch black darkness, but then a few days, like two days before the full moon, you have a little night lights or you open the blinds to be able to like sleep with the rays of the full moon. And this is a way to kind of reattune and sync up your body with the lunar cycles. And after a couple months, it actually worked. And I was actually, I was completely blown away. And that's when big shifts started to happen to me. Like once I actually realized that my body is now in sync with the lunar cycles, that was when I was like, wow, this is a huge source of feminine power. This is something that I want to teach other women, or this is just something that I want to talk about. And wouldn't it be cool if I could layer my yoga practice and my spiritual practices on top of this? So that's really how it kind of um, emerged and grew for me, but it was... Yeah, it was just a it was just a learning process, you know. I really went into it with kind of smaller intentions, but I was blown away by uh, the fact that I was actually able to just make those two cycles merge together. That just that blew my mind. <laughs> I am equally blown away. I was about to ask you before you divulge, did you get your periods to align? Like I have like a giddy girl over here waiting for you to tell us. And um we will definitely connect after this conversation. Hopefully you can share where you found more of that information so we can include it in the show notes for our listeners. Yes. But can you kind of tell us what a moon day, a full moon and a new moon day looks like in your personal private life? I know you lead the online community, but before you create the community, what did that look like? Was it like an hour of yoga, some meditation? Like, I know you've touched on it, but can you go a little bit deeper into what your rituals were and are around these special times that you, you know, set aside for you? Yeah, absolutely. So there are the two big phases or the two, you know, the new moon and the full moon, I think are phases of the month, times of the month that everyone is pretty familiar with. In lunar yoga, I work with four main phases. So we always begin in the darkness in the new moon. So the new moon, for those of you who might not be familiar with what it is, it's when you cannot see the moon in the sky. It, the sky. it is completely dark. So that is associated with like the crone archetype with the season of winter. It is a time of rest 
and renewal. And it's a time of isolation. For most women, if you are aligning your menstrual cycle with the moon cycle, this would be the time where you are bleeding. So this is very intuitive to me. And, you know, lunar yoga is all based on intuition, but it's like, if you are bleeding, if this is the time of rest and relaxation, the time of the new moon, so like a day or two before the new moon and a day or two after, that's a time for me and my calendar where I try to do as little as possible. So I minimize the amount of calls that I have, the amount amount of meetings that I have, the amount of outings. Like I try to just especially on that one day of the new moon, I try to just kind of chill out and stay by myself and quiet down the amount of responsibilities and tasks that I have to do. So for me, it's more than just a yoga practice, but I'd say this is the biggest ritual is I just, I, I shut everything down really. Like I cut communication with people and I was doing this even when I was working my nine to five job. Cause I know a lot of people are like, well, it's easy for you to say that you work for yourself. You can design your schedule. So I know the struggle of like, okay, well you're bleeding. It's a new moon. You don't want to talk to anyone, but you have to go to work. You know, there's no way around that. So for me, what I would do is I would make sure that I had lunch alone every time. You know, I just would not use lunch as an opportunity to socialize. I would go have lunch, preferably outside if I could, and just totally isolated. If I was able to move my meetings around, I would. If I was able to work from home that day, I would. And then when it comes to my my practice, for me, the new moon is like, this is not the time for you to be like doing some handstands and your sweaty, vigorous vinyasa practice or going for you know a 5k run. This is really when I either don't practice at all or most, most likely I'll be practicing yin yoga or restorative yoga. So really something that is about self-care, that's about tuning in, quieting down, and really creating the space for myself. And now as you move in the month after the new moon, about a week and a half or so, or you know, eight, nine days after that, you enter the first quarter moon. So the energy starts to pick back up a little bit. And then you reach the full moon about two weeks or so after the new moon or three weeks or so. And this is when we are at our best, you know, energetic wise, the full moon, it's bright in the sky. Everything is alive. This is the harvest moon. It's associated with the mother archetype with the season of summer. This is where you are reaping, reaping the rewards of all, um, everything that you've worked on and everything that you've created over the past month. And one thing that I forgot to mention about the new moon is that I use this time to really consciously set an intention for the month ahead. So between this new moon and the next new moon, what is it that I want to focus and concentrate on? What is my priority? And you can really only get, in my opinion, you can only get that sense of clarity if you actually tune out and you shut other people down and you just get true and real and clear with yourself and you say, what do I need? And that intention is the intention that I work with for the rest of that month. So the full moon is a time to celebrate. Okay, how has this intention been going for me? How have I been honoring it? What am I proud of? Full moon is when like I socialize and that's usually when women are feeling like the friskiest, you know? So that's a time to get get together with your partner and have some fun. That's the time to get together with some girlfriends and go out and just celebrate and be your vibrant, amazing self. So for my yoga practice, that is when I do a really like... Um, fun and way more active yoga practice. So I'll do like a vinyasa flow. I'm kind of not into these stronger practices. I'm just going through a phase. So I still like to move fairly slowly, but it's really like, it's a big, big, big celebration for me. And it's, that's when your energy levels are the highest. So you might as well make the most out of it and really celebrate. So I write down everything that I'm grateful for, everything that I'm super proud of. And I just do something fun either with my partner or with some girlfriends. It's a great time to socialize. And then, you know, every cycle comes to an end. So about a week after that, you enter the third quarter moon. So the energy is winding down and then it circles right back to the new moon and the cycle begins again. So that's, that's basically how I've, how I've been doing it. That is so inspiring and awesome. I have to ask, have you heard of something called seed cycling? I have not, but I'm very curious about it. I'm just wondering because it's where you um, eat certain seeds during different phases of the moon. So for the new moon, I think it's sunflower seeds and Uh, pumpkin seeds. And then for the full moon, it's like 
um, sesame seeds and mm, can't remember the last one, but you, you eat these certain seeds during the phases of the moon and it's supposed to be a nutritional way to help you sync your cycle along, uh, with all the other advice that you just gave, like the black rooms and, and the more Mm. actionable steps. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I've just recently been reading about it because I am on this hormone balancing journey, but Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. That sounds awesome. I will definitely look into that. I I can't believe I've never heard about it, but that sounds like it would be something very easy that I could add to my little my little routines that I have. Yeah, interesting. Give it a Google. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, it sounds like those routines that you just talked about are beautiful and inspiring. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, oh my gosh, I want to do that with you. So when people join your lunar yoga community, first of all, how do they do it? And second of all, is what you described sort of the experience that they're going to get with you? Do you offer different types of things? And what's the flow and what's the culture like of the group? Yeah, absolutely. So if people are interested in learning more about it, they can obviously just go to my website, yogawithcassandra.com, and all the information on lunar yoga will be there. But basically the way we do it is that I really want this to be more than just yoga. Like I said, it's more of a personal development program and a program for connecting with other women around the world. And we just use yoga, meditation, and journaling as tools to get us there. You know, they're just tools in our toolbox that we are using and utilizing, but there are other ones that we use as well. So members, for us, a cycle begins on the new moon. So every new moon, we start a brand new theme. So for example, right now, the theme that we're working with from the new moon that passed earlier this month was uh, clear communication. So all for the last couple of weeks, we've been working with clear communication and we weave that into our practices. So on the new moon, when they join, members receive a yin yoga practice, a journaling exercise, and a meditation that all have to do with setting their intention according to this new theme that we're starting. We also kickstart a brand new book from our monthly book club. And this is new. We used to do the book club quarterly and people wanted more. So we're doing it monthly now. And the book has to do is loosely related to the theme that we're working on for that month. So that's the new moon. That's where we kickstart. Everyone shares their intention, does the yoga practice and connects. So we keep each other accountable. We have a private Facebook group where all our interactions happens. And we also have a forum on the website to discuss the book club for people who don't have um, Facebook, for example. And now we work with that theme. So after the new moon comes the first quarter moon. So on the first quarter moon, the members get access to a guest speaker interview. So for example, Ali was my first ever guest speaker mm-hmm. <laughs> in January. You know, we were talking about um, career and ambition and productivity for that month. So on the first quarter moon, I always have a new guest speaker to speak on that month's the- theme and to give some practical tools and advice and share their experience um, regarding that theme. So first quarter moon, they, that interview gets released. And then we move to the full moon. So on the full moon, they receive a slow flow vinyasa yoga class, a meditation and a journaling exercise that also have to do with the theme. This is more about celebrating your achievements regarding that theme and also fine tuning. So what worked and what didn't. You only have about a week left to work on that theme. So this is like crunch time of if you need to do something, now is the time to do it. And then from the third quarter moon, as we are winding down and we're moving closer to the new moon where we're going to start a brand new theme. So on the third quarter moon, I do a live group call with all of the members where we get to, you know, just open up the floor and people get to talk about their experience, their breakthroughs. I share what happened for me throughout this month because I'm following along just like anyone else. You know, this is not just about me putting stuff out to people. I'm absolutely 100% active in this and I'm doing it along with everyone else. So we share our experience and we talk a little bit more about the book club and you know any insights, basically whatever needs to be shared gets shared here. And then we wind down before the next new moon comes along and we start with a brand new theme. So for us, the next new theme is going to be home, family, and caring. And we'll be starting that in a few, in a few weeks, but that's, that's basically how it, how it jives in our, um, yeah, in our little, in our little community. And I would say that most of the magic for us does tend to happen in our Facebook group. I feel people have been so amazingly vulnerable and supportive and engaged. It's truly mind-blowing the connections that people have been able to form on that platform. I'm really, really happy with it. 
I've got to say, dude, the Facebook groups have just become this vortex of absolute connection. And I'm so happy that it's become a trend and a theme for people that are creating these online destinations because, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, we are on social media and this is the digital age. And it's awesome that we can come together and have this closed group where everyone shares intimately, like you said, and witnessing the transformation is again one of also one of my favorite things to witness as well and i know carly sees it now cuz she's in the live your journey community and then inside my paid program as well so cheers to facebook and that being a really cool place where we can all connect um i yeah, think it's it so is cool. it's awesome so it's obvious you're you're so passionate and that you have a lot of knowledge and you're giving your community that's in this lunar yoga program so much But being an online business owner and starting this new platform with Carly, I have got to ask you, and I know you went through them, what fears or fraudy feelings came up as you were creating this program? You know, what were some of those things that maybe stood in your way and you had to work really hard to overcome them so that you could create this epic program for people to enjoy? You know, to be honest, for me, the biggest um, internal obstacle that I had was just the commitments. So because this is an ongoing program, um, it means that I, I'm committing to this for the next couple of years. And that was terrifying because every other product or project that I've participated in um, online has all been like a one-time thing, right? I did the work once I created this great program, like my 14 day yin and yang yoga challenge, you know, that people love that thing. I did it once, but it was very low involvement on my part. I didn't really have to commit to anything because all I had to do was film it and put it together and do it once. And that was it. But lunar yoga being something that is ongoing month to month, that scared the crap out of me because I was, you know, I just, it's just commitment. You know, it's a fear of commitment. Like it would surface in any other area of life. So that was really hard for me, but I knew that, you know what, this is really what I want to do, what I want to do. And the fear dissipated as soon as I started it, because as soon as I started to see the transformations that women were having, as soon as I started to receive the emails and the testimonials from people and really as I participated in it as well, I realized that it's not a commitment I shouldn't be scared of this commitment because I want to keep this going every month. You know, it's not a chore. It's not, obviously it's hard work. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of work that goes into it, but I genuinely enjoy it. So that fear has slowly but surely dissipated, but that was a big, big, big thing for me that I really had to wrestle with. I was really resistant to doing anything subscription-based just because of the sheer amount of time and commitment that it would ask of me. But I'm glad I did it. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you are. Um, You've said, you know, today when we've been chatting that it's a very engaging community that you are in there with your people and you are working through this with them. And how has that engagement and I guess the commitment to that you just referenced, how has that changed the way that you do business? Has that changed the vision of yoga with Cassandra? Do you see yourself wanting to be more engaged like this in the future? And um, has that has that made any impact on you? It's definitely made a huge impact. And it's, it's brought me to this place where I've reevaluated what yoga with Cassandra is and what I wanted to become over the next couple of years. I really truly feel like lunar yoga is where it's at for me for the next couple of years. So in a way I've had to turn down some opportunities that I wanted previously, but now realize that's not the truest authentic expression of what I am and what I want to offer in this world. So I have had to recalibrate a little bit and fine tune who I am as an online yoga teacher and what I have to offer because I am doing a lot of things at the same time. So it has made me reprioritize things and shift the focus and be really conscious in where I put my attention. But I feel very strongly that lunar yoga is what deserves the most of my attention. So I, I really just want to use the 
next few years to really build it because I know that right now, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, this is still a baby new community, brand new, and it's going to change so, 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 so much over the years. And I'm really excited with that change, but I see it becoming so much bigger than what it is now. Not necessarily bigger in terms of like, oh, I'm going to have thousands and thousands of people in it because that's never really been my end goal. I do like to keep it a bit more intimate, but I see it bigger in the sense that I would love to bring this into the in person world and start to do some lunar yoga retreats and workshops and more on the community involvement side of things. That's really where I want to focus more of my energy um, so that we can bridge the gap. Because now that these ladies have formed these connections online, how cool would it be if we could all actually get together somewhere in the physical world and do these practices together as one? So, you know, that's that's not going to be for at least another year or two, but that is where I want to go. So I have had to really rethink my online yoga business to be able to accommodate this. Well, you answered the next question I wanted to ask you, which are, what are your big ass goals around living your (laughs) truth and daring to change? But there you go, growing this community. And I love that you say it's the tip of the iceberg because Carly and I feel the exact same way. I think, especially for me, like you getting online, the first goal is to be seen and um, to gain traction and then to produce you know, to produce programs for people to gain trust in you. And they might be a little bit, I don't want to say surface, but yeah, surface. You know, sometimes we have to use our marketing tactics to get people to come to us and then form this connection with us. And then we get the beautiful opportunity to create really soul-serving programs that make this deeper connection. So for you, Lunar Yoga, for me, Body, Mind, Soul Detox, Carly and I have all sorts of secret ideas brewing um, behind the scenes for how we can connect with our tribe. So I think it's just so cool, like you said, to see the tip of the iceberg and know that there's so much more depth available if you just stay on the path and do the work and continue to evolve it. So absolutely. I mean, if I think of Day one, when I started my YouTube channel and started this online yoga business in just a little bit over three years, it is unreal what I've been able to create. So I have a better grasp now of what time means, I think, and what is actually doable in these 12 months and in a year, you know, it's crazy the amount of transformation that can happen. It's in such short periods of time. So I can only imagine and dream of what three years from now will look like, you know? So sometimes I think people get discouraged because they, they realize that their big ideas are going to take a lot of time to become a reality, but every step forward is just one more step up the ladder. And then after a couple months, you look back and you realize how much you've actually done. And it's always just more and more progress. It's really fun. Like I, I hope that if anyone who is curious about going online and doing their own thing, it should be fun. You know, it's a lot of work, but I'm always super excited by the work that I do. And I always feel a lot of playfulness around it. It's never a burden. It's never um, something that I dread doing. There's always just a little bit of playfulness, even in those really, really tough times. It's just, it's really exciting because you are the driver and you can take this wherever you want to. And that freedom is scary, but it's also extremely exhilarating, I think anyway. Well, we can certainly feel your passion and your heart and your soul when you talk. And it just, it just, we know that you're on the path that is definitely meant for you. And I'm sure that our listeners are just eating up every single word you're saying, just like Ali and I are. And if they want more of you and maybe they want to join the Lunar Yoga community, where can they find you and what would be the next step for them? Yeah, absolutely. So if they were interested in learning more about Lunar Yoga to see if it's a right fit for them, and if they would like to join, the direct link to join that is bit.ly slash Lunar Yoga. So I'll just spell that out. It's B-I-T dot L-Y 
slash lunar yoga, L-U-N-A-R-Y-O-G-A. And they can also just go to my website, yogawithcassandra.com. Cassandra is spelled with a K. Um, and all the information is on there. If they're not really sure that the yoga practices will be for them, if it's going to be too hard, like that's a really frequently asked question I get is, um, most of the women in this program are, I would say around the 45 age when I did the survey. So a lot of people are like, I'm not sure if I'll be able to keep up. This is going to be like a really, really difficult, challenging physical practice. I have on my YouTube channel, a new moon yoga class and a full moon yoga class. And the level that those classes are is very much a reflection of the way I teach the classes in the lunar yoga community. So I would encourage people to just go on YouTube and type in, you know, yoga with Cassandra new moon or yoga with Cassandra full moon. And you'll be able to see my classes there. Give it a try. And that will be a really great introduction for you to kind of dip your toe in the water and see if this is something that you would like to learn more about. I also have a free webinar on my website. So it's just yogawithcassandra.com. Um, it's an introduction to the lunar phases, what they mean, what the archetypes are. And it's really diving way deeper into the energetics of the moon cycles. So if people just want to get a little bit more information about it, that's a free, free online webinar that they can sign up for right on my website. Thank you so much, girlfriend. And don't worry, Tad Try, we will link to everything that she just mentioned in the show notes. So again, Cassandra, thank you so much for taking the time and explaining your journey and how you are evolving and living your truth and daring to change through the Lunar Yoga community, but also all of the steps that you've taken that brought you to this point. So for all of our listeners, again, remember all of the tools, notes, uh, show notes, resources, and everything to find Yoga with Cassandra is at truthanddaremovement.com. If you want to be our review of the week and get highlighted here on the airwaves, head over to iTunes and drop us some love. We will shout one out each week at the beginning of our episodes. And other than that, we will catch you next week for another moment to live your truth and dare to change. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Of course. Bye.